Welcome to the summer edition of the Sprint Success with Design Thinking podcast. How do you navigate change? It's a question we think about often and one that today's world expects us to be comfortable with. The challenge, however, is where do you begin and how do you develop the mindset and skill set to be successful? Welcome everyone to the Sprint to Success with Design Thinking podcast. I'm your host, Saba Kidwai. Join me each week as I share the stories and strategies from the world's leading researchers and practitioners about why they believe the answer lies in practicing design thinking. Having design thinking skills is incredibly valuable or taking the perspective of a designer is incredibly valuable for almost any challenge, whether it's personal, societal, um, organizational. I think the real benefit is having uh, initially starting with empathy, just really understanding the challenges that people may be facing that are not you, understanding their perspectives and understanding their unmet needs. I think often we substitute our experience and our realities for others, right? So being able to connect with people, to speak with them, to understand uh, their goals, their objectives, their ambitions in any aspect of life or um, whether they're in business or whether they're, you know, dealing um, with socioeconomic advantage, for example, uh, disadvantage, for example, is incredibly important. So I think starting with empathy is very, very important. Then I think the other element of it um, that we can pull from design thinking is just the idea of defining both the challenge that we are trying to address. Um, uh, There's this saying, you know, that a problem well stated is half solved. Or maybe that's not the thing, but something along those lines, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just being able to define exactly what you are trying to solve for. Um, uh, you know, I think we see this challenge right now, especially in a time as volatile as this, where there are big societal changes that are happening. A big part of the protest is people are saying, you know, we want equality. But what does that mean? What does that translate to, right? I think that that is the important part of it that's just getting defined as people start thinking in more specific terms about what are the areas that we are going to address as a priority, whether it's something like the discussion around defunding the police, whether it's thinking about how you bring um, people who have traditionally been underrepresented into organizations, thinking about, um, you know, AI and facial recognition and sentience and all of these challenges that may need to be addressed. So I think being able to define the challenge that you really want to work on is a really incredible skill. And when having discussions, you know, whether it's in your family or elsewhere, just being able to state the problem and the challenge so it doesn't get uh, overly emotional I think is actually really critical. Often I find like when I'm having conversations, it's people are going in 15 different directions and they're sharing 15 different ideas. And part of the benefit of design thinking is just this ability to focus on a single challenge at a time. And then you can get really generative and coming up with ideas and solutions. But it's really hard um, to create effective solutions if you're trying to solve 
for 50 different problems or having 50 different discussions in my experience. Yeah, I think, you know, designers are supposed to be unbiased, right? Because every experience is different. So to Candace's point, the empathy is super important. Um, you don't necessarily agree with what the, what the person is going through, um, but understanding why they see things that are a certain way and understanding what the problem is you're trying to solve and being able to help that person change their behavior. And sometimes you're not changing their behavior as a designer. Sometimes you're taking their behavior and um, actually uh, accentuating it or, or helping them you know, actually get their point across or what they're trying to do, right? Um, so I, I think that's really important. You know, we always say we are not designers, right? We are management consultants by trade, but I think the design process should be a part of what everyone does. Because if you don't get to the root of the problem, whether you're in business process management, whether you're, you're in Six Sigma, then you're actually not solving the problem. And that's design right? They really get to the root of things. But again, when I started in business process management and Six Sigma, it was all about what was the process step? How much time did it take? How do you automate it? Right? It was never about who are you trying to solve for? How are they feeling? What is their need? What is their motivation? You know, what are their pains? What is the value proposition or the opportunity? And that's where it come along in 10 years. And design thinking existed before that, but it was, it was in a design silo. And once it was introduced to me as a business person, I was like, this is amazing because, you know, if you solve a problem just about the process step or how long it takes and you've reduced that from two weeks to a couple minutes through technology, that's great. But the game changer opportunities always come from understanding the person, understanding how they're feeling, understanding their needs and motivations. That's where companies like, you know, Uber and Lyft and Amazon um, and Apple have really made the difference. I think it, it really depends on the organization, you know, and um, it depends on who you're working with. There's some people, I think a lot of people are trying to get their brains around, you know, what is the future going to look like? What does this low touch economy potentially look like? And what are the implications for my business? Um, I think what COVID has done is really accelerated a lot of trends um, that had already started. You know, it's not so much a disruption as an accelerator. So things around remote work, for example, um, things, um, ideas around automation. I think everyone is exploring that. So I think there is some, um, I think most of the people that we're engaging with, they, there is some introspection. I think the challenge right now, though, is that there are so many immediate things that people need to do that are new. Um, so just the idea that I now have to figure out how to have, um, for many organizations, 80% of my workforce remote, but still keep us productive, still keep us engaged. Everyone is trying to navigate that. So everyone is uh, is changing their systems. And um, they that has to happen very rapidly because they want to maintain productivity, right? So I understand that people are really challenged with what's new. I do think that people are trying to be introspective about it, but at the same time, 
Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. And I think the biggest challenge is nobody knows how long. So sometimes people are making decisions that they're um, that are going to address like the next three months, for example. But um, being able to step back and think about what the next three years are going to look like um, becomes more challenging. I do think that people want to do that. Um, I think the challenge is, uh, you know, the exigencies of the now um, may prevent them from doing so. When we uh, when we're talking um, to organizations, especially that are like, you know, we just need to um, uh, we just need to react. Um, we talk about, you know, like what are the benefits of that versus the benefits of uh, taking this moment, taking this pause and really considering as we we talked about you know action without um action without vision can be a nightmare so how do you step back and think about the broader vision um, for what you want to achieve for your organization so there are some of those discussions um, that are happening but i do think that there is um there is a sense um, from everyone right now that the future is very uncertain um, you know, let's build in the time to start having more meaningful discussions about where we want to go as organizations during this time. Um, the conversation was around what are the open questions that you still need to answer? What are the risks that we need to be aware of? And what are the assumptions that we're making as we're defining this vision and strategy moving forward? And the things that he was saying was, you know, all the risks that we have today with COVID are also all the advantages and advantages that we have with COVID, right? People are working from home. People are moving off mobile. We're seeing people move off mobile to their desktop or their iPad, right? Which, which is a change. Um, we are seeing people um, being able to sit down and focus more on content, right? Versus move, but we still need to help them move faster. The other, the other risks are, you know, what's going to happen when we come out of COVID? Are we going to have stickiness based on the direction and vision that we have? Uh, we're potentially going into an economic depression and we have an election coming where, and his personal opinion was no matter which direction we go, we're screwed. Um, so that was really interesting, right? Because he was looking at this new product that they're bringing to market this year. Um, those were all the risks that he was thinking about. Um, at a you know day-to-day -day office level, what we're hearing from clients is that there is no more nine to five, right? Parents, children, and they're taking care, you know, one parent is taking the morning shift until noon and the other parent is taking 12 to five. And so people are working shifted hours. So no, no longer nine to five, they might work like seven to 12 or um, one to 10 p.m. is an example. And before everyone had to come into the office and now no one can come into the office and people are okay with that, right? Because uh, the organization was old school where they didn't have trust and confidence in their employees. And now they're seeing their employees do a lot better. Um, from a majority standpoint, there are still people who are not doing well because they don't have internet access at home or reliable internet access. 
We spoke to a teacher last year for user, or excuse me, last week for one of our user research interviews. And she was telling me that, you know, one in New York, they were not prepared to transition to digital. Um, and yes, they have Zoom calls um, with the children, but a portion of her kids have no internet access, have no computers. So they needed to get them um, the technology for them to even access the content. And she was recording everything because you can't assume that people can join live. And there's some kids that have completely disappeared off the bat, right? Because they just, they don't have the family, the support, they don't have the technology, they don't have the infrastructure. Um, so, you know, the, those are the three variations that we've seen in the last couple months of how people are, are adjusting um, to all of this. It's your turn to join the conversation by sharing what you enjoyed or what questions you still have. In a world where time and attention are so valuable, thank you for choosing to listen and for being a part of our Sprint to Success with Design Thinking community. 